0: Hey everyone, it's Wesley here from Business Blessings, and I'm just putting this recording up. It's an interview that I did with uh, David Barker from Breakthrough Church uh, Global, and we're tackling the topic of prophetic in the marketplace. So it's a pretty real conversation. I share some real life stories of uh, how God has spoken to me about different issues in the marketplace and, and how I've responded to them. Uh, Have a listen to it, uh, leave some comments and feedback, share it with others. I'd love to know how God speaks to you as a result of this. Uh, I talk about uh, the Two Chairs book by Bob Bodine, so if you haven't as yet read that, grab a copy of it, Um, there'll be a link in the podcast notes uh, about it. Uh, I'll also leave the uh, example of frogs and lizards uh, as well, so you get to check that out and follow that up as well. Well, bless you guys. May God continue to speak to you uh, as you seek to hear his voice in the marketplace and apply it to the situations that you face. God bless.
1: All right. So we are on live. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this Breakthrough Church Global Conversation. This used to be Breakthrough Nation live chat, but we have changed our names since COVID COVID has the uh, ability to make you rethink and reevaluate a lot of things. I'm sure that that happens to you too. And so uh, please, for those of you who are jumping on and will be jumping on later, do share this uh, conversation, this episode with your friends and your networks, because tonight it is going to be amazing. Also, just want to say thank you to those of you who have been sharing conversations on this platform from the last couple of months and weeks. There has been amazing speakers here with profound understanding, depth of wisdom and experience from the various arena of life from church, marketplace, business, politics, uh, sports, different arena of life. And they have brought to us uh, the beautiful stories that has been a blessing not only to me, but I know that it has been a blessing to you and your friends and family. So this one will be the same. And so I have tonight with me a very good friend we've known each other for a very long time, and uh, this is his first time on our live chat on this platform, and I'm so excited to welcome to our conversation tonight my good friend Wes League. Wes. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks, David. It's so good to be on here tonight
0: and have this conversation with you. Yes.
1: Yeah. uh, Wes, we have known each other, as I mentioned earlier, for some time now. And I just want to um, go back to the very beginning, um, because this is your first time on our uh, platform. If you could just give us a little backdrop, a little snapshot of what you are doing Uh, currently, uh, maybe a little bit about your family, where you live, and maybe your favorite food and your favorite color? (laughs) Well, well, favorite food would have to be
0: pavlova, uh, which is not very good (laughs) when I'm supposed to not be having sugar. (laughs) Favorite color is blue. Um, I'm married to Pam, so we've been married 28 years now. Uh, so we have four kids. Uh, so Johanna is 23 and is engaged to be married now. Wow. Uh, then Bethany is 21. Sam is 20. Uh, so Bethany is studying paramedics and nursing. Sam is doing his chippy's apprenticeship. And then we have a 12-year-old. We have a surprise child, uh, which threw some spanner in the works a <laughs> those years ago. And I'll talk a bit about that perhaps later on. Yeah. Um, for work-wise, uh, my, one of my main income sources is I lecture in entrepreneurship. So I do that at Torrens Uni uh, in their Bachelor of Entrepreneurship Program. Uh, I'm lecturing at CHC next semester as well in marketing. I, um, uh, we're also relaunching a program called Co-Starters, which is about helping people start businesses. Mm. I sit on four different boards. So the Christian Business Network, which is bringing together uh, Christians in business, education, government and the church. Uh, I sit on a, a distance education uh, board uh, for a digit, distance education school, Redwood College. Yeah. Um, I'm also uh, the vice chair of Australia Praise, which runs the National Day of Prayer and Fasting every year. Uh, and I also sit on a private, uh, a business's private foundation board as well. So uh, all that keeps me fairly busy. Very busy. <laughs> Very busy.
1: Yes. Wow. And it seems to me like you have one foot in what we call the church and one foot in what is commonly known now, uh, common terminology that we've been using on this platform, the marketplace. Can you just talk to us, Wes, about the difference between your prophetic gifts? Because forgive me for saying this, but I do believe that you are a prophet. And I think I I needed to make mention of that because it does carry a certain seriousness and sacredness and privileges when it comes to addressing people like you and many others, because God has actually placed that that mandate and that burden on you to be a blessing to the church and, of course, people outside of the church. But as a prophet, can you just talk to us about the difference between operating in that gift in the church and the marketplace?
0: Mm. You know,
1: David, I mentioned before that we had a surprise child, <laughs> and I'll never,
0: <laughs> I'll never forget the night I came home from a meeting and sat down and said to my wife, uh, I asked her this fateful question: "Are you pregnant?" And uh, thinking that the answer would be no, but she said yes, and um, that kind of really rocked our world because the kids were all just at school, like life was returning to normal. You know, it was great, and so um, I'm telling you this story for a reason because. Um, I was doing a lot of work in the church and different things. um, But my income was all over the place. Mm. And as part of that unsettling, my wife said to me, you need to go get a full-time job in this season.
1: Absolutely. Like a real job. (laughs) Yes. 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 So,
0: uh, you know, I followed my wife's advice and actually got a job teaching at Martin College in town. And to be quite honest, David, I didn't, I wasn't very happy about it. Mm. And uh, was moaning to God about it one day, and He said to me, "Uh, "Where's your here? Because you need to learn how to prophesy to non-Christians." Oh, wow! And and so a very interesting situation happened. I I, one of my students was telling me uh, a situation of how she fell pregnant, and I and I got a blow by blow. I mean, I got a blow by blow description. There was nothing left to the imagination after that one. And I went home that night and said, "God, what the heck?" Was that all about? Mm. And because um, they said that was way too much information for my head. Oh, and wow. he said to me, I want you to go back and tell her that your son is the son of destiny, that you did everything you could not to fall pregnant. And I knew that from what she had told me, but she mm. did fall pregnant. And uh and so it was like God was saying, I, I wanted that child to be born. And uh and so so I thought so the next day I went back to class and and told her this, and she said, you know. He's the only one of my four kids that goes to church and, and stuff like that. And so it was very interesting. I think, I think one of the things is that in the church, when we prophesy, there's, there's kind of a bit of a formula for doing it. Um, uh, and, but in the marketplace, you can't do that. It, it's, it's more, I think it's more a general conversation. It's more, I think this is what we need to do. Mm. Sometimes it's not actually saying God says, yeah, um, but it's having a conversation with them about where things are going. I, um, I'll tell you another example. One of my other students, I had done a session in class on word, being worthy because it yeah. wasn't part of the curriculum, but it fitted in with what we're doing. And afterwards, one of my gay students reached out to me and said, "Where's? can we have a one-on-one? Uh, conversation as a result of some of the things I said. And, and I thought, okay, God, this is fine. This is great. I get on, I got on very well with the student. But before the meeting, I just sat down and said, God, what do you want me to say to him? And he said, I want you to tell him to ring his mum and say, thank you for raising me. And <laughs> I thought, how do you bring that into a conversation, God? And um. It was very interesting. This uh, was a student who came from an extremely wealthy family, like private jet wealthy family. Um, uh, his, uh, his family owned the land on which Israel now is. So when Israel became a nation, they got a very significant payout and their dad had taken that and invested it very well. Oh wow! Um, but he, because he was gay, he'd been ostracized by his family. Um, and so, no longer lived in the Middle East where they're from, but had been in Sweden, and the business had gone bankrupt, and then had come to Australia. Anyhow, so he was just talking to me about worthiness and some of the things I said to him, and then I brought him, you know, mate, I just sense that you've got to really phone your mum and say thank you so much for raising me. Anyhow, about a week later, he phones me back and says that he did that, and his relationship mm. with his mum was restored, and just through a simple phone call um so there's like there's some two practical mm. like examples like i am uh, like i know in the prophetic we have certain rules but there's sometimes i think oh my i think i need to throw that rule out and let's just say what god's saying and like one of the things that um to me is when you're using the prophetic in the marketplace it mm. it affects your bottom line straight away yeah. Like if God is telling you to do something and change something, like or spend something or give something or do something, there is a direct impact on your bottom line. Um, perhaps more so than what the prophetic is in the church. Um, and it it's it's um there's no better way though to clarify wait, with God what he's
1: wait, saying. Can I interject there? Because you said that the prophetic in the marketplace affect your bottom line immediately. Are you saying that? when God speaks to you about doing something or making certain decisions that you, you have to act on it straight away. Is that what you're saying? Because as you said, it affects the bottom line uh, immediately because I understand in business, there's a whole other of things you need to consider before obeying the Lord. Because if you do that one thing, it has a ripple effect, the uh-huh. domino effect that affects everything else. We're talking about your, your, your customers. We're talking about uh, what you're ordering in your clients uh, it's not as as, as uh, easy and straightforward as that, as that in the church because you can prophesy to anybody in the church, the Lord said. And there's probably not much that they have to consider. They, they still have the time to pray about it and and maybe just go to God and say, look, clarify to me the practical uh, implication of this. But they have, as I say, a space and time to be able to think through and work things through with God. This is within the church context. Are you saying that in the marketplace? Because I'm a marketplace person. I'm, I run businesses also, and I want I want some clarity on what you just said. Because you know, being a business owner, uh, you know, it's different. Because you got to consider your your bottom line before you make a certain decision. But if God is saying, right, and He's saying, take certain amount of money and put it there, uh, do you just go with that? Or do you put on your business head and evaluate everything before you make that decision? Sorry, I needed just to bring that up to you. I know oh, I want some clarification because there will be people from the marketplace listening to you because they probably want some clarity on that.
0: You know, David, I think it's I think it's about where you're at in your walk with God too. So, like in in the early days, God would start speaking to me about something, and and he'd be testing you on something small. You know, like give. Hundred dollars here, or hundred dollars there, or hire this person, don't hire that person. You know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But I find that, you know, I've been doing this a long time now. Mm-hmm. The more I go along, the more, the more I think you get sensitive to know is that God or is that not God. Mm. And I'm going to make a statement. The only real way you're going to know if it is God is by doing it, mm. because <laughs> because you can sit and and. Pontificate and do whatever, but unless you do it, um you know you're only going to know it's God. Uh, like <laughs> I was talking to someone last week in church, and um they're obviously in a difficult financial situation, and I felt God say to me, "You you actually need to um, give him some money." And um so I, I I got back to the car, and I I thought, you know, with pay ID these days, you know, a lot of people have their mobile phone is attached to their bank account. So I actually tried tried to see if his was and it wasn't. And so it was kind of like God saying to me, you need to reach out to him and say, you need to give him some money. So I um, got to give me an amount in mind to give. And um, and I, so I said said that to him, but actually when it came to making the payment, God said to me, no, I want you to double that. And I thought, heck, like, and, but it's funny. Like with me, he often, God often refers back to something so many years ago we started a ministry called crown financial ministries in australia and i had um i had a list of people to contact from the u.s because it was a u.s based organization about potential funders for australia and i I flew down to adelaide and i met with this guy and i'd asked him for a certain amount of money and he had agreed to give that and it was a significant sum and then um when the check arrived like we're talking checks you know remember those Mm -hmm. days uh on the When I pulled it out of the envelope, there was a note on top that said, sorry, Wes, the amount is not what we agreed. Mm-hmm. And my heart just sunk. I thought, oh, no, God. But then I turned over. The amount was double uh, what, what, it, what he had promised me. And God had brought that back to me and said, Wes, I want you to double it. And it actually did something in the person's life. So, you know, um, hmm. there is... Um, I think God will take you on a step-by-step journey and it is a matter of faith. And he keeps bringing me back to, to Abraham. You know, Abraham wasn't the most obedient man that ever lived in the Bible. You know, right from the start, God said to him to take your, uh, to leave your country and leave your people Mm -hmm. and go to land. I'm going to show you. So what does he do? He leaves his country, but takes his people (laughs) You know, right from the start. Okay. he disobeys God and okay. of course we know later on we like lo- there's all all sorts of stuff with that yeah, yeah. but then it got to the point of when it came time to sacrificing Isaac which is many many years down the track yeah. God said you can go sacrifice him and it was it was immediate obedience he went up and got to that place and I think God is taking us to a place of immediate obedience now wow. there are some times that um like there is a process like mm. a, a, um one of the uh I was at a prophetic conference last year and uh, you know they're um wanting to pray for everyone this particular night so I went out to be prayed for um they pray for the people up to my left up to my right whatever and then then skipped over me and prayed for me on <laughs> the other side and Thank like you. like did I not wear my deodorant tonight? <laughs> you know. Like, what's wrong with me? that no? One, oh, this has happened to me a number of times. Isn't it? It's I, like I get used to it. Anyhow, so while I was there, I said, okay, God, what do you want to speak to me about? Obviously, you want to speak to me about something specifically to me and not through somebody else. And he said to me, um, some of you know me, I know I'm a big fan of a guy called Bob in a book called Two Chairs. And he said to me, it's time for you to bring Bob out to Australia. And it was just so clear. God, oh. this is so clear. So I went home and messaged Bob, Bob, God's finally said it's time for you to come out to Australia. And he responds, But where's they'll arrest me? And I thought, What the heck have you done, Bob, that they're going to arrest you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was at the height of, um, uh, you know, all over the vaccine mandated stuff. And Novak Djokovic was in jail being deported, um, you know. And so he was referring to that. He said, Where's I, you know, I'm not vaxxed. And, and so if I came to Australia, they'd, they'd deport me. Yeah. And so I thought, God, that was—I'm sure that was so clear. Anyhow, yeah, the next day I—I um, I went out for my morning walk and we're just saying, God, I'm sure that's what you said to me. He said, "Where's you interpreted it that one way, but Ooh. there's more than one way to bring Bob to Australia." And he dropped into my mind, "I want you to give a thousand of his books away this year." Oh wow! And I thought, well, well, that's more realistic. I can do that. <laughs> and um, like, you know, these books are 25 bucks or whatever they are. So I thought, well, that's 25,000, God. We don't have that to do that. But if you're saying for me to do that, then, then I'd do that. Anyhow, I went back to Bob and said, Bob, I've had a clarifying time with God. He says just to give away a thousand of your books this year. Mm-hmm. Bob's response to me was, uh, was I'll send you those a
1: thousand books as long as you pay for the postage. Oh, so, Wow. There you go. So that's what you mean by the bottom line. When when you obey God in the marketplace, immediately it will affect your bottom line. Because when yes. you rang him up, and I don't know whether you were thinking of how much it will cost you to bring him well, over. Well, I, I had in my <laughs> mind how much it would cost. Yes. All right. All right. So, but now you probably have a certain amount of or, or a picture of how much it will cost you based on the original idea in your mind. But then the idea of selling his books, and now he's saying to you. He will give you the books for free. Just pay for the for the the stamp and and look at that. But that's why I'm 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 intrigued and interested to hear the way you process the word the speaking of God in a marketplace because it does affect our bottom line. But maybe like you said, maybe we need to go back and ensure that we're hearing him clearly. Yes,
0: yes. So the thing I'd say with that, David, is it's okay to question God. Okay, okay to question God, and I think this has come. Because look, I grew up in the AOG church. You know, it's we for some reason I got in my mind that it's not okay to question God. But wow. I think I think what that is, is that it's not okay to question church leadership. Oh wow. Oh,
1: oops. <laughs> Maybe we should say sail out, sail out there for a moment eh, and let that bomb drop. <laughs> Seriously, keep going. That's good. So so because so uh,
0: because you you look at like one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when, when the angel appears to Mary, you know, and and Mary, you know, in all her fear and trembling, but she says to the angel, after the angel says to her, you know, you're going to have a baby, blah, 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 blah. She says, but how can this be? And, and like, it it wasn't a disrespectful question. Mm. It was, hang on, you're telling me this God, but But how is this to happen? So because she asked that question, Mm. the angel downloaded to her all this information and told Mm. her all the practicalities about how it's going to happen. Mm. So this is the thing that I've learned. Okay, when God starts to speak to you about something, don't just take it and run with it because there's a couple of things with that. Often we interpret it our way. So with the Bob Bodine situation, I interpreted it, I needed to physically bring the man to Australia. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's not what God was saying to me. Mm-hmm. He was giving me something else. Um, and then, so, but then as it unpacked, so so last year we gave away a thousand of those books because oh, wow. that postage cost was covered by somebody else. And I had a mandate on me that I couldn't sell the books, but I, I had to give them away. Mm-hmm. And so God brought me across a thousand people's paths and and we gathered, and and the impact of that has been mm. quite substantial because it's all about teaching people how to hear the voice of God.
1: Mm.
0: So it's, it's there. So this is one of the things is we have to be curious. We have to go back and ask God those things. And look, another prime example is uh, Samuel, when God says to Samuel to go anoint David. Um, so what is it? Second uh, Samuel, oh, First Samuel 16, 1 to 13. You know, God says to Samuel, you've got to anoint David. Samuel says to God, God, this is, you're asking me to commit a treasonous act. Yeah. Do you think about it? This is the man who's responsible for anointing the kings in the country. And he, and, but that, you know, (laughs) Mm. he has to go anoint somebody else as king, Mm. which is an act of treason.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, this is.
1: You get your head cut off for doing that.
0: I know. That's right. This is not. So, you know, Samuel goes, Samuel says to God, this, but God gives him a solution. He says, That's okay. Just say that you're going out to to really. offer a sacrifice and worship God. Really. And so he 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 does that. And then of course, you know, he gets to Jesse and and all these kids are being brought to him. And God keeps saying, No, 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 no. Is this the one God? No. Is this the one God? No. Is this the one God? And he gets to the end of the kids. Yeah. And he's saying hang on, but God, you told me. And he said, there must be another kid. Do you have another kid around? So it's a, like, I love that passage because I feel like that's how God leads me. It's, it's a conversation back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, often um, pastors say, you know, people come to them and say, but God told me to do this. So my answer is, yes, I don't doubt that God told you that, but what is he saying to you now? What's he saying to you now? What was the ongoing conversation? Because when God speaks to you, it's an invitation to go deeper with Him. It's an invitation to a conversation. And what does this look like? And and so often when I've had a prophetic word or when God's spoken to me, I've interpreted it one way.
1: And um, I'll give you a huge example of this. this is yeah. a, This is this is a bit. Yeah, so right. so what you're saying there Wes, if I could just jump in there. So it's a case of it's not what God said, but what God is saying. Yeah. Because God can speak to you at that original place of encounter. Yes. But then he wants to continue to speak to you and take you through the process that you need to be responsible for so that the original word unfold itself accurately and perfectly. Am I right in saying that yeah. based on what you're saying and your experience, Wes? Yeah. And, and and I th- I think if you
0: look at the greats in the Bible, that, that's that's what was going on as well. Mm. It's because it's um God is after a relationship with us. Yeah. You know, like you didn't just talk to Tina on your wedding day and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm married to God, I'm married to Tina now. That's all I need to do. It's yeah. done and dusted, you know. It's an ongoing conversation. It's a constant Mm. conversation. Wow. And and I think this is a God is, it's an invitation to a constant conversation with him.
1: Wow. Wes, I I know that there's something else that you wanted to touch on as an example, but which we can always go back to that. But I want to ask you another question. If we could go back to the church setting or context and then make our way into the marketplace in the area of God speaking, Uh, Whereas I have seen so many people pass away and I've heard many things that have come from their mouths about what the Lord said and there's a lot of unfulfilled prophecies and the speaking of God which has actually caused a lot of pain and anger and frustration in the church and the marketplace. I have been exposed to many of these speaking and You know There are things that God has spoken to me that has come to pass, but there's a whole host of stuff that I've recorded with that I'm thinking, oh, God, um, I'm a certain age now in my life, and you promised me this way back, and I'm wondering, is it going to happen or not? Because I don't want to be like one of those who died one day and realized that in my prophetic books, 50% of what God said has not come to pass. Is there anything west that you can talk to us about how to minimize that and maybe that my question is why why are so many people saying so many things and so much unfulfilled prophecies are still left on the table some are sick bedridden in the hospital i don't know whether they're going to bounce back and finish what god has spoken and some are gone already and there are many of us at this point and many young generation are watching this charade and I don't want to call it that but there's a lot of frustration and disappointment uh Wes in this area so I just wanted to ask you what's happening there <laughs> um
0: Dave I had a we had a very good friend uh I, we've had a, a lot of friends pass away lately it's been very very sad someone said to me recently I don't want to be your friend anymore <laughs> but I one of those uh, people was somebody who had received a word back in the 70s and was waiting for it to come to pass, and, and obviously it hasn't, and he's gone home to be with God. But So, one, this is not an unusual thing. you just got to read Hebrews 11. Like, you know, it, it says there that they, they died without the fulfillment of those things. So, so there is a part of that happening. I, I've actually got to the point where I think we need to lay those things down. If it hasn't come to pass, we've got to lay it down and go back and have have you had a conversation We've got about it? Um, it's, it. I mean, that's a tough thing to say. And, you know, if there's stuff that we've written and said, you know, I know there's stuff that I've written and said when in my early years of ministry, and I think, oh, God, can we just wipe that out, please? Um, but, but that's also part of the maturing process that we go through. And it's one of those things to say, hey, I got this wrong or it hasn't happened, let's let's admit it and move forward. Um, I know there's some things that I've said in the prophetic at times, I think, oh, heck, Wiz. Um, and I know that's part of the reason why we put some guidelines and things around the prophetic as well. But I think there's a time we come where we've just got to lay it down. I think it's just we've just got to lay it down and say, God, I particularly when it's it's stopping you from moving forward in the things of god and look um you know we went through a difficult situation with one of my one of my clients last year where we we had to put them into liquidation in the end um even though we had some prophetic words and prophetic promises but you know there were some core issues that were wrong. Like the structure of the business was wrong. And no matter what we put in place, it wasn't there. There were some outside factors that just wasn't happening. You know, price of, we couldn't get staff. The, the, you know, the cost of raw materials is going through the roof. We're stuck in old contracts. Um, The decision to close it down was very painful and it has had some ongoing consequences, but it had to happen. Mm -hmm. and there comes a time of laying down and saying you know what i i thought that was god but it hasn't happened let's let's draw a line in the sand and say let's let's move forward
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh and that's that's very hard and very difficult but on the other side of that coin is i'm starting to see some resurrection stuff like like we talk, uh, I talked before about we've been on the board of the Christian Business Network. You know, we uh, we started that in two thousand or prior. It was finally incorporated in 2008, been going many years before that, but we'd had a board coup, and um, which actually in the end resulted in the organization shutting down. And sadly, two of the three board members uh, passed away. Mm. Like like this is serious
1: stuff. Yeah, it is. Um,
0: And so the last person left uh, offered uh, the original board the company back. And so we had to go through a year's process of uh, sorting out all the legal stuff, paying um, ASIC fees, getting ACNC registered, all this kind of stuff to get it up and going again. I had another situation uh, actually on Tuesday where uh, many years ago, I thought about a particular business and, and operating it here in Australia and someone came back to me, and, and like I'd let it die because it just wasn't the time. And um, someone approached me on Tuesday and said, "Where's they still haven't got the Australian license for this. I think mm. you're the one to take it up." And I just I was stunned. I thought, God, that was dead and buried. Um, there, there, there is, God is into death and resurrection. Okay. <laughs> and i think sometimes we've got to come to that place of actually laying stuff down and saying look it's just not happening and it's knowing the difference between that because sometimes uh sometimes there's a pressing through that you've got to do
1: yeah
0: uh because it's difficult like we uh we we purchased another property just recently and it was just um like, to me, it seemed that things went wrong from the day we signed the contract <laughs> to the day it settled. And and even like even to the extent, David, that uh, when it was being settled, uh, for, the settlement was delayed and the bank and the bank's lawyers were lying to our mortgage broker and was lying to um, our solicitors about the settlement. And so I, I can't stand it when someone lies to me. Mm. Like that's, that just crosses a line for me. Mm. And and our mortgage broker was telling me stuff. And I said to them, you are lying to me. You are lying. I, like I actually got so angry, I hung up on them because I said, I can't listen to these lies that mm. you're telling me. And and I, look, um, the day of settlement, I just like it was just, I was at my wit's end and I went down to the beach just for a walk. And my, uh, my solicitor phoned me and said, Wes, I need to tell you your mortgage broker was lied to Mm. because I couldn't work out like it was just lie after lie. And then, then he gives me this big thing saying, um, you know, we're a company full of integrity, blah, 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 blah.
1: And then he tells me this. So, so, so you're saying, you're saying, whereas as a profit in business and the marketplace This is some of the things that you have to go through, really, because for a lot of people who are kingdom people in in business and marketplace, they think that when God speaks, everything's just going to come together. But it doesn't really pan out like that in real life, because you still have to face people that would lie to you. You still have to face system and structure that are not properly aligned to the law of the land. So there's a lot of things that you still need to do. But I suppose in what you're saying that if something seems like it's adverse or negative, it doesn't mean that God is not working. It doesn't mean that what God said is is, is not true, right? Is that what you're saying there based yes. on your experience? I know that you have many experiences. Sometimes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. so, so I
0: think part of this is that uh, we, need to, we need to learn how to discern the voice of God mm. and discern the situations. Yeah. One of the issues we've got in the Pentecostal church is um, we've forgotten about church tradition. We've We've forgotten about our Catholic brothers and sisters. We've forgotten about the mystics of old. Like, mm. you know, and how they, like, we're not taught discernment. We're not taught how to go through that process. Right. And I think this is this is one of the reasons why I'm doing a lot of studying in spiritual formation at the moment. And 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 it's actually coming into the Pentecostal church at, at a faster pace now than I think what people are realizing mm. is actually learning what does the voice of God sound like and how do you discern situations? Um, mm. I've just finished the subject on the art of discernment because it's just I, I'm hearing too many people saying um, things. I think, uh, have you actually read your Bible? <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is this is you know. And, and in fact, I, I was listening to someone someone last week. I sent him some stuff, and he said, whereas I'm just in the miraculous. I'm not into the Bible." <laughs> mm. Wow. You know, the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. And 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 that's where um this is one of the things uh you know, every Wednesday I run a listening prayer thing, but it, it's solely focused around sitting with a passage of scripture for 20 minutes in silence mm. and just reading it through and reading it through it because um like I'm I'm all for reading the Bible through in a year, all that kind of stuff. That hear me when I say that. But part of the problem is we read through the chapter once and think we're done and dusted and moving forward. But actually, we need to sit with the passage of Scripture. We need, and, and I encourage people to read through it at least seven times because the first and second and third time, you're still thinking about your breakfast or what you've got to do yeah. today. But by the fourth, fifth, and sixth, the Spirit of God is starting to move. Like I can remember at a conference I spoke at once, we actually we, we read it aloud together seven times. By well, the time we read it the seven times, the thickness of yeah. the spirit of God in that room was so strong, yeah. and the revelation that people got was just beyond belief. But the other thing that started to happen was people started to manifest, <laughs> and because the um, I yes, uh, that was that was a very interesting experience because yeah. the religious spirit was being chucked off, mm. you know. And um,
1: yeah, it's mm. very very interesting. I, I wanted to bounce off on what you just said there about sitting with the word, and making sure you hear the voice of God. So I just want to use that as a segue into the question I sent you about outworking of prophetic speaking in the marketplace. So here, here's a person, for example, yourself, you're, you're hearing God say, all right, I want you to start a business. Where do you go from there, Wes? What's the normal practical things that I entrepreneur or a business kingdom business person needs to start looking into again this might be uh, based on some of your experiences some of the common things that you have done that you can share with us so we hear the word god said do this what do we do after that
0: let me give you a very practical example of something that happened just before the pandemic or as we're going into the pandemic for sure God said to I was listening to a podcast and God asked the question that was being asked on the podcast was, Who are you pastoring at the moment? Mm. And I thought, okay, God, who, who am I pastoring in the moment? Who are you calling me to pastor at the moment? And just as I sat with that, God said to me, I want you to pastor your state. My mm-hmm. state? Yeah. What the heck are you talking about?
1: Mm.
0: Um, and so I then went back to God and said, Well, how do I pastor your state? Now, often when I ask God questions, he 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 may speak to me about it directly, mm. but often it comes through talking to somebody else or listening to something else, or I'm reading something, you know, and the answer comes. In, in that case, I was uh out, I was going somewhere, I had the ABC radio on, and they were talking about because um, it was, I mean, remember going back February, March 2020, it was so uncertain. And so people were starting to set up Facebook groups for their streets and things like that, just all their neighbors. So that if something went wrong, they could quickly message them and say, Hey, cause we didn't know what we're facing. Anyhow, so said, God just dropped in my heart. I want you to set up a Facebook group for your estate.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Good. What does that is that?
1: Which is a very practical step you have to take. So you're hearing the word. Now you got to do this, set up a Facebook page.
0: Yeah. So, so we set up the Facebook page. We named it. we, the state that we lived in at the time is a very defined area and we'd lived yeah. there for 20 years by that stage. Yeah. Um, very defined area. We wrote a, a letter. Um, I got all the kids out. We went letterboxing. We got 90% of our state in this Facebook group. Oh, wow. So, but then something very interesting started to happen because like pasturing can mean a lot of things. Um, but <laughs> But in this case, it was people started to get jobs. People started to get houses. Oh, wow. um, neighbors started to talk to each other. We ran. Uh, it was coming up to that first Easter, and I felt, God say you've got to give away some Easter eggs. So I went out and spent 70 bucks on Easter eggs. My wife nearly killed me. And she said, well, why don't we do a coloring in competition? So we got 40 kids in the estate, did this coloring competition, and we gave away Easter eggs. W- when it came time for Halloween... The whole estate was talking, like in the Facebook group was talking about uh what are we doing for Halloween? And of course, I'm beside myself because we've been very strict with our kids <laughs> that we don't participate in Halloween. Yeah, and yeah. here I am
1: yeah.
0: facilitating Halloween. Yeah. And, and I was talking to a prophet friend of mine. I said, I don't know what to do. And God said, drop the trick, just treat. Drop the trick, just treat. So we um uh I said to the Facebook group, okay, between five and seven, we'll have kids can go door knocking. And if you want to participate, uh, they put a thing on their letterbox so the kids knew what houses to go to and what not Mm. to go to. And, and (laughs) God said to me, um, okay, so you have a saucy sizzle at your place. We got in face painting and we got in a fairy floss machine. David, we had a hundred of our neighbors in our house that night. A hundred wow. of our neighbors, wow, and the stories that we heard of neighbors starting to talk to each other, those kind of things, that group is still going on. there's all sorts of other stories I could tell you about that, but there mm. was a very specific thing that God said to me uh, mm. doing. Yeah. yeah so it's 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 going back to and and look, you know one of the things that I'm learning in all this
1: because
0: mm. like, I remember when I was back at Martin College, I was teaching events, and one of the on the so to pass the subject, they had to run an event. Mm-hmm. And and the only event that we could come up with was a boozer, which just did my head in. Here mm-hmm. I am, this crazy guy, running a boozer. And I thought, God, what do I do? Um, <laughs> like, what do I do? This is against, totally against my values. Exactly. And um, you know what he said to me? He said, Wes, well, do up an award for each of your students and prophetically ask me, for the award so i did i had about 20 students i think it was mm. so i sat down and said okay god what do you prophetically want to say about each one of them
1: oh wow
0: so i did up these certificates i got one of the other teachers to check them for me because i just mm. you know i wanted to just double check mm. so i got one of the senior teachers to check them on the night it, it fell apart the the program they were expecting a band to come the band didn't show it was just mm. it was just a mess mm. but because I had done these certificates up, the award ceremony became the main function oh, come on. of the night. Yeah. And uh,
1: and because they were drunk, it went straight into the. Oh house. My gosh. Wes, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm talking about, Wes, because um, you're talking about interpreting the prophetic word or how to navigate with God, even in a secular environment you know when you talk about these kids getting drunk and you're probably thinking god is you in this or is this um, i'm hearing things on my own but look at the outcome god is actually working through that process to get to the heart of the kids because a normal christian will look at that and, and label it as god is not in it but according to you in the marketplace in the real world god speaks a word you stepped out and some of the the process that God gives you to implement the word just look like it's, you know, like you said, it's contradicting everything that you've learned uh, in the church. Was there another example of that that you can share with us? (laughs) You know, when my daughter was in grade 12, she came
0: to us and said, can we host the after party for the school formal? Oh, wow. And like, (laughs) yeah, what do you do? But actually, Pam and I had a chat about it. Mm. And he thought, do you know what? We uh we don't drink and that's I'm not making mm. that value judgment on anyone. That's just the way we were raised and, and stuff like that. Um so we thought, you know what, we can provide a safe environment for these kids. These these kids are not all Christian. Mm. So, so you know, we can't I can't impose my values on them, exactly. but I can provide a safe place to them. Exactly. So what was funny is I rang the school and said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna host the after party. The school said to me, we don't want to know. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you know what was fantastic was the lady that I rang, uh, the lady that answered the phone, had hosted the after party last year. And she gave me all these instructions about this is how you do it. Hmm. And she told, you know, go to the police, register it, they give you armbands, all this stuff. So we, we charged the kids $10 each uh, for it. Um, and we, we did hire a security guard. We let our neighbours know we had 80 kids in our house that night and they, yes yes they drunk but i think only one or two got to excess yeah uh, so that was okay we could handle that um my daughter's school had a lot of special ed kids like they had a huge there's about 30 special ed kids david they all rocked up in their um onesies with all these animal characters exactly uh with their ginger beers And it was all, like, it was hilarious. So we had a great chat with them that night. So, I mean, it started at 11, went to 4 a.m. But, you know, the next day at the graduation, I had parents coming up and giving me a hug. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You accepted my kid. And you gave him an experience in a safe place. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) I'll never
0: forget those conversations. Oh, wow. You know, I think this is
1: one of the things... I can feel the heart of the father in that story. (laughs) I can feel the heart of the father in that story. You know, loving us just the way we are. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be holy and pure. God loves us all, whether you go to church or not. That demonstration to me, that story, I could just feel the heart of the father towards his kids. You
0: know, David, there's a story that was shared at the Lausanne conference many years ago, and a good friend of mine shared it with me, um, that talks about um, the difference between frogs and lizards. Yeah. So I think one of one of the issues we've got in the marketplace is that we're looking at how the church runs things, and we're trying to take the way the church runs it and puts it in the marketplace. Exactly. And that doesn't, doesn't work. So, yeah. so I can't get up and speak to my class, the four spiritual laws and get my class to come to know Christ. Like if I did that, I would be sacked, yeah. you know, because it's not, but so this is the difference between frogs and lizards, your frog, well-known speaker, he, you know, there's a platform, big frogs come to town, they get put up in hotels, security around them, all this kind of stuff. Like there are some churches now in the U S because of, security they they actually never get to talk to their Mm. congregation it's very sad but and ministry opportunities come the frog's way all the time but the difference in the marketplace is we're lizards we're hunters we have to go out there and do that let me tell you you know the demand to get a payroll every week is huge that's a massive pressure On marketplace people yeah you know um to do that you know you talk about it like it's like the church can just stand up and say we're short on money please give more money you know that that's their answer we can't stand up and say i'm short on money please give me money exactly it doesn't work that way it's about okay god which customers do i have to go like who where's the customer who are the people i need to talk to where's the opportunity how do I cut my costs down mm. so that I can be much more profitable? Uh, you know, in in doing this, it's so very true. different. Um, it's mm-hmm. very very different. But so that doesn't mean to say that marketplace miracles don't happen. Like I think, mm. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know, money comes from all sorts of very strange places. I've learned, exactly. and you know, the other thing is, it's the answer isn't always money,
1: mm.
0: and. So I sometimes it, like if we've got bills to pay and things like that is, okay, God, we're asking for the money. But it's not, it's the strategy to get that money That's it. that we need to go for and ask. It's, it's a different thing. Like I grew up reading all the different missionaries' stories and things like that, but you can't take them and apply them to a marketplace situation. No, no. So it's like, okay, God, you've given me this business idea what does it look like? You're like, we're, we're putting together a course at the moment. Okay, God, who are the people? Where do I need to go to? Who
1: do I need to talk to? What wow. does this look like? What's the strategy here? Which, which brings me to the other question that I uh, sent you, was about the challenges that you face in the marketplace in outworking the speaking of God, the prophetic word of God. I know you've already touched on a few things with that man lying to you. <laughs> um are there other challenges that you face in the marketplace because yeah. it's it's a wild wild west out there it's it's not a it's a jungle right west yeah uh, <laughs> yeah you know the interesting thing about that
0: uh property thing is i'd read this um uh oh the guy oh a big well-known prophetic name. I was reading one of his prophetic voice, uh, prophetic books. And he was talking about whenever he has bought property, the vendors have always been angry to him. There is something about, there's something about. Transferring property. And I think one of the things is, and it, uh, it came to being when we bought. um, The home we've lived in for a while. It it got (laughs) said to me. I'm getting you to buy this because you're redeeming the land. Oh, wow. You know, and and there's one of the things that we don't realize is this. When sin, like when we commit sin or someone commits sin, it actually affects the land. It defiles the land. Mm. And so whether it's be by bloodshed or broken covenant or adultery or idolatry, it affects the land. And there's that need for that land to be cleansed. Mm. Um, And so sometimes when we're dealing with this stuff, it's um we don't really realize that actually there's a battle over the land that's taking place wow we're almost ready yeah you know david i think when so one of the key things i've learned is actually before you go to a meeting you say god what's your heart for this meeting
1: Hmm.
0: like i know uh (laughs) god taught me this is a big way i was i arrived about 15 minutes early for a meeting one day.
1: And you're talking about a board meeting or a business meeting here, right? Where's a meeting a, with politicians? Any meeting, a meeting no. with the customer, a meeting with yeah. the
0: employee. Meeting right.
1: with Like, because, I mean,
0: David, you and I know that our lives are full of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just not another meeting. Oh, exactly. God, no. But me, when meetings happen, God can move. So this particular day, I was early... I said, God, what do I do. He said, have a two chairs time with me. Ask me what's on my heart for this meeting. And he just dropped into my mind talk about homeschooling. And I thought, God, so that had nothing to do with the meeting I was in. Mm. And it wasn't my meeting, it was somebody else's meeting, but I was being tagged along, you know, to be a part of it. And at the end, the guy turns to me and says, Where's well, there anything you want to raise? I said, I want to raise homeschooling. And yeah, the end result of that was a million dollar contract was signed oh, wow. between two organizations that I put wow. together. And I thought, God, that was left field. But wow. like, to this day, that stuff still goes on. Wow. So, you know, the thing is that we, we are constantly thinking one way, but often God wants to do this suddenly. Wow. And it's often one word. Like this is, it's one word. Like in that case, it was homeschooling. Just talk about homeschooling. He didn't give me anything else, you know, but um, yeah, you never know. And well, like, I've heard of people saying, going to a meeting and God said to them, don't talk. Wow. <laughs> just shut up
1: <laughs> in this meeting. And and the whole situation is turned around because they were quiet. Yeah, but they still walk out with being the winner of, of, of that day because they obeyed the Lord. And, and I like what you're saying, because the assumption is, if God speaks to me about certain things, then that means I have to convey my thoughts in the meeting. But God may just say to you, be quiet because his strategy is always different for different opportunities and different settings. And it takes me back to what you said before. It's not what God said, but what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, it's the ongoing conversation we've got in every aspect of the journey in the marketplace. I'm hearing that in your stories tonight. And that's why I wanted to pull out of yeah. you because so, people need to hear that.
0: So when you're having that conversation, like it's very important that you be listening to the person you're saying You're having that conversation with them, paying attention to them. But you've also got to be going up this way too. Okay, Okay. this person is saying this, but what do you say? Because often there's something behind something that's going on. Yeah, You know, and and what's what's the real reason behind this? um, Do you
1: find at times that um, God speaks to you and confirm what he has spoken to through somebody else that you're speaking with in those conversations? Does that happen a lot to you? Or, or it gives clarity. Like, I, I was going to a meeting one day and I felt
0: God say the issue is covetousness. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh God, does that mean I need to talk to this person about their issue of covetousness? Okay. But actually, what it was, it wasn't their issue of covetousness because something they said pretty early on in the conversation was mm. that other people were jealous of them. Oh, wow. And it was actually, we need to deal with this situation. So, like, you know, sometimes we had a situation. We're going into a meeting, God had given uh, one of my intercessors the word Bordello, and I had no idea what mm. Bordello meant. It mm-hmm. um, turns out it was, so So I actually, actually asked the owner of the business, does Bordello mean anything to you? <laughs> and his face went red. Oh my goodness. For those who don't know, it means uh, a whorehouse prostitution. thing.
1: <laughs>
0: so his face was red. But, you know, but but the issue was, it wasn't that he was involved in anything. Mm-hmm. The issue was that the um, the previous tenants in one of the in the one of the shops they had was an adult shop, and so there was lingering stuff that we need to deal with. And you know, we actually cleansed that office. Oh, wow. And the next day, um, a staff member phoned up, confessed to being gay, which was totally against this Christian. Yeah you know, like it it was against the values of the company, but Mm -hmm. he also confessed to stealing money from the company and resigned. So there was no, it was, it was all uncovered. And I thought, man, we prayed that Sunday afternoon and here's this phone call 8am on Monday morning. And the guy's resigning, confessing to what he'd done with the company. And so God removed
1: what the blockage was within that particular department. And Wes, uh, here's a question. Uh, Do you find that the more time you're out there in the marketplace, meeting with just ordinary people, doing all these meetings and conversation deals, proposing projects and so forth. Um, in the midst of people who don't know God, they don't go to church, but they're cussing and cursing and and and, and being themselves, right? Do you feel the heart of God for people um, that that is actually quite strong and 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 his desire to reach their hearts in in moments like that because I have experienced those moments even being at our shop our coffee shop in Karina and Wellington Point and besides all the crazy things that they're saying and even talking about other business people to me or talking about their friends and family to me but you can always feel like this is a place where Jesus would love to sit and just have the conversation with them? Did you feel that a heartbeat of God for people more and more out there in the marketplace? I, I just wanted to ask whether you experienced that or not. Yeah.
0: So every person is made in the image of God. Every person is made in the image of God. And every person is loved by God. Hmm. So I I come from that perspective. Look, and I've sat with some people who've got some terrible language and um, mm. just through various circumstances, I had a great chat with a prostitute recently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just,
0: it's, it's an okay, like, God, what the heck? How do, how do you talk to someone like this? But that, we had a lovely chat and I said to you, I said to you at the end, <laughs> i, I I'll give you a far out example. I, <clears throat> I do a little bit of Ubering on the side because i love it. I yeah. make lots of contacts and, yeah, yeah. and this one day I'm working away and like, I was just at my desk and God said, you need to go Ubering now. Mm. Like you need to go now. And it was just so strong. Like I remember I got very flustered and I got up and started to drive. And it was about 20 minutes before, mm. like I got mm. a ride. And, um and then when this pinged up, um, this girl got in the car and uh, she was crying her eyes out and mm. excuse my language here she said i've just left my fuck buddy
1: yeah no, that's what i mean in the real world there is there is no filters to the language right but that's where god placed us marketplace people that's what we have to deal with see so, so, yeah
0: okay. You know, David, when we did evangelism training, it was taking people through the four spiritual laws, blah, 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 blah. I don't find that that works for me. Okay, I'm not an evangelist. And I say that very clearly. You know, I've got friends who are leading people to law to left front and yeah. center. That's not me. But so in this situation, like she tells the story, she's a stripper. She has this guy. Yeah. She's very upset. Like, and you know, to me, I had in my mind what a stripper looked like. And she didn't look like what a stripper looked yeah. like to me exactly and yeah we're in the car for 40 minutes that's a long time wow so you know all this um Mm. billy graham stuff that you're not yeah anyhow (laughs) you know like all all things that flying out the window in this situation so i thought god what do i do and i just heard him say just keep asking questions because if you look at what jesus did he just constantly asked questions like he was just like what do you want anyhow we got to the end of the ride yeah. And I said to her, I'm sorry, I have not helped you one iota. She turned to me and said, sir, you've helped me more than what you'll ever know. They gave go. me a big hug and got out of the car.
1: There you go. See that, Wes, how much they're looking for love and acceptance? Yes. But yes. we're so judgmental as Christians. And, and, and that's probably one of the things that we, we need to highlight here, that if you are a marketplace kingdom entrepreneur or businessman that people just want to be loved and accepted that we don't have to go there with the holy then thou kind of attitude because that's why he's placed us there to be the light and salt to our world that is just looking for love and acceptance and some of these people are millionaires and billionaires but they're still miserable they're unhappy that's it you know and I think
0: We have to get off our high horses and off mm. our hobby horses, mm. and because we're in a situation when you're in the marketplace,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. We 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 now have a much larger gay and lesbian population than what we've ever had before. Exactly. Um, look, we don't know what's going on in there, and I know some people, you know, gone lawsuits and said, oh, "I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that." Blah 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 blah. What if you're the? Mm. What if you're the only Christian that's in their life? Come what on. if God has brought those people into your sphere of influence for a reason, yeah. to build relationship with them? Now, you know the stats show that those relationships are going to fall apart. Like the, the majority, mm. you know, there's. A, I, I had a situation um, after the marriage stuff went through. I was just saying to God, God, I don't understand. This is totally against what you want, but yet you've passed the legislation. Yeah. And soon after that, I was talking to a gay guy who had got married overseas, um, but his relationship had broken down. And he said to me was I needed those laws to pass because I had to get divorced oh, and wow. I can't get divorced in the country I got married in because I'm not um, I'm not a citizen of that country and I can't get divorced in Australia because my marriage isn't recognized. He oh, said, God. I, I am stuck. And I thought, Oh God, the grace of God. Now, wow. I'm not making it, you know, of course I don't want those laws to be passed, Yeah, but God, you know, what Satan meant for evil, God means for good. He can turn anything around. So true. And I, I think we've got to lay down, the Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people would humble themselves and pray and seek yeah. my face, yeah. turn from the wicked ways. What God has been saying to me is, "Whereas well, you need to lay down all all rights, all expectations." And how many times, David, do we walk into a prayer meeting and we're demanding of God the answer to this particular situation? But the answer to this is a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account now. The answer to this is this legislation not being passed. The answer to this is this person being removed from power, you know, or being removed from church leadership, you know, like you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. He's been saying to me, first of all, you sit and ask me what's on my heart. Mm. Ask me first. Ask me first. Mm. Ask me first, and then. Then there's that belief and trust that you've got to follow that through. Yeah. And look, you know, this I I I've had to stop listening in prayer meetings. Mm. Because it can be quite painful actually to hear the way people pray at times. Yeah. Because they're projecting on God what they want and not what God wants. And is that part of the situation? Like even even like these prophetic words that have been around for a long time. Mm. But have you had a conversation with him about those? Exactly. Like, I mean, sometimes, yes, it's for an appointed season. And I get that and understand that. But there are other times that we've been holding on to things. Yeah. And we've just got to let it go. And the thing with that is that God is doing a new thing. Like he constantly says he's doing a new thing. But for that new to come, we have to let go of the old. Okay. And that's like at different times when God said to me, you need to resign from this job. And you're thinking, heck, that's like. Yeah, that's the financial come. implication. <laughs> yeah. But I can say that every time that's happened, the next round has been higher. Like we've gone through a situation at the moment where my teaching hours have been cut back.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I've just been saying, okay, God, this is not anything of my doing. Um, it's just that, you know, the education right across the board at the moment, enrollments are way down because we've got full employment and overseas students are not coming in. And I've just been saying, God, obviously it's like, obviously you want to do something different with me. And I feel like there's this shaking that's going on at the moment that God is just clearing some stuff out. And one of the best ways that God is going to talk to you is, is through money. So when the money dries up and yeah. stops flowing, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just got to get on your face and repent and just say, God, is there anything? And, and I've, had, I've been in organizations where we've done that. The money is stopped. And we thought, okay, God, hang on a minute. Is there something we've missed? Mm. And sometimes you've got to get this relationship right. You've got to stop this, blah, 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 blah. It could be you've got to sack staff, you've got to make mm. some things, yeah. And then once you've done that, the money can just start flowing again. Wow. But there's other times where they're stopped, and it's because God wants to bring a change. And and you know, it's not a sin to go out of business. Mm. It's not a sin to go. It's not a sin to shut down a ministry. Wow.
1: You know, it's there is um, there like is reasons. I like I like what you said there because a lot of people think that that they have missed God when they have to shut down a business or the ministry is not the way it, it ought, uh, used to be, and they have interpreted it in a very negative way, and, and that could be m- more painful than you know than it was in the beginning. So it's good that you point that out. Wes, we have five minutes, but I actually want to ask you the last question. 2 Chronicles 7.14, I know you alluded to that earlier. Can you give us the essence of what God is saying to you about 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is something that I believe that has been really heavy on your heart? Look, it has been, and it's it's humbling
0: ourselves, laying everything down totally, and giving up rights to outcomes or expectations Lord, I think this is what you're wanting to do. Well, why do you think that, Wes? You know, is that really what's on my heart to Mm -hmm. happen? What is it? And, um, you know, so often when God's spoken to me about something, I've interpreted one way, but in that ongoing conversation, it's laying it down. Mm. David, we're we're in a mess at the moment. Mm -hmm. I I actually think the economy is in a lot worse shape than what we think Mm -hmm. at the moment like I know our government's rolling in cash but actually like the the you know we've got um interest rates going through the roof mm. um but it's, it's not just that it's shopping's gone up grocery the grocery's gone up electricity's going up everything's going up everything's going up and and wages are not meaning it and I just think there's a huge shaking that's going on at the moment if mm even my conversation with the prostitute the other day was i actually asked her how business was going because one <laughs> of the signs of economy going bad is that they're the first ones to get hit <laughs> and and so, so she said to me normally i do five clients a night i'm only doing two okay. and so while we can rejoice at that on one level um yeah. the other level it actually raised real alarm bells for me because yeah. and because it actually shows that there's not the cash in the economy that we're thinking mm. but this is a, this is where um, like people like uh, George William Carver, you know, he was an economist, uh, uh, agro economist, mm-hmm. back in the eighteen hundreds, who told everyone to grow peanuts, and they did, and they did very well. But the problem is, they had all these peanuts, and he didn't know what to do with them. So mm-hmm. he laid down, and said, "God, show me what's in this peanut." Wow. And there was, he God gave him over three hundred inventions for the peanut. Now, one of those is peanut paste. So you can thank George William Carver for, well, you can thank God for peanut paste. Yeah. So so what I'm saying is, God, this is a time of just being on our faces before him saying, God, what's your solution?
1: Yeah.
0: What's your solution to this? You know, some businesses are going to have to go through and sack staff. We're seeing business after business close down at Mm. the moment, but at the same time, we're seeing new ideas and new inventions coming forward. Wow. What is that new thing that God wants to do, wow. and and I think that's part of the Second Chronicles seventeen is actually laying down the old. Wow. Yeah, this is I'm, I thank God for COVID, and I know I'm getting in trouble for saying that because you know one of the things that happened is the spirit of control was broken off churches and broken off people, because yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting in huge trouble for saying,
1: this. no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep saying it. We need to hear the truth and nothing but the truth, Wes. So, one of the issues that I see
0: in in particularly Pentecostal churches yeah. is that the man of God or the woman of God receives the vision and everybody else needs to come forward and serve that vision. Baloney. This is mm. <laughs> the, the role of the church is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Hmm. So this is a season. And so like he had, you know, I know the Royal Commission bought in, we had to sign all these agreements and contracts and blah, 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 blah. And so many of my friends have refused to sign those things. So they've actually had to step out of leadership positions in church. But you know what that's meant is that they've done the ministry themselves. They no longer have to go to the church to get permission to minister. They just do it because if they went to the church to minister, they're going to have to sign this agreement. They're going to to follow this blah, 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 blah. But God is calling us to make a difference in the marketplace that's yeah. not confined by structure but yeah. there's a flow to it. And and churches have got to get over this. Like I, I had one of my friends was reaching 25,000 people a year. His business was impacting 25,000 people a year.
1: Wow.
0: One of his staff got sacked and his church eldership pulled him him over the calls for what happened. And I said, "You've got to be kidding me." Like that, that staff member had to go. There was reasons why he was sacked, mm. and it's not an issue for the church board to get involved in in doing that. Mm. But please, can you support this man that's literally reaching twenty five thousand people a year? Now, right. that church at the time was four thousand people. It was a large church, mm. you know. But this guy was having much greater impact than what that church was having. Wow. Um, Sometimes we've got to recognize that, and but the. The other thing is marketplace people are so humble, you would ha- you wouldn't know that that's actually what's going on, mm. you know, with them. Because they just get on and do it. They they're not big showers, they don't like to talk about what they're doing. Yeah. They just do it. And I think that's where we're at is God is speaking. Let's just do it. You know, if it are you gonna fail? Absolutely. There's like mm. there's times I've fallen on my face so much, it's just <laughs> like you're buried in mud, you know, <laughs> and it's just. You got to wash yourself up, have a number of showers, put some relationships right, which is key. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) get those relationships right because it's all about those. And and sometimes that's going to take a year or two or three to get that done. Maybe later, Um, but pick up and move forward. And you know what? Actually, people are going to honor you for that as well Mm -hmm. because no one's perfect. We're not always going to get it right. But hey, you know. Like, sometimes I just think I open my mouth to change feet. (laughs) It's just... You know, I I made some monumental stuff-ups over time, huge monumental stuff-ups. But I've also seen how God has used those and um, taught me huge lessons so that when you're in that next situation, you recognize those things. And hang on, I can see this happening. I need to quickly go talk to this person or do this
1: or do that because you you learn you learn that from from failing and that's something beautiful about the marketplace that I've learned is how quickly they turn their failures into positive outcomes because yes. they 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 know that failing is the key to success yes um, somebody a podcast i was listening to the other day talk about if you want to make the millions and the billions fail fast yes uh, because the, the sooner you fail the quicker you learn the keys to success. Be- they talk about failing and failures as something positive, but not, not so much in the church. And I think that's something that we are learning, being it's... in a marketplace, that failing is part of the process of getting up to the height of that mountain that you're climbing, right? Because well, it, mm. it, it's a learning experience. Like yeah.
0: You know, David, when was the last time you heard a minister got up and say that, hey, we got this decision wrong
1: exactly, or
0: apologize to the people? Mm-hmm. But, like the other thing is not just because I've heard some apologies, but it's, it's, <laughs> mm, I know, it's not, they're not really apologies. And there is there is an art to doing an apology that actually brings about change. Yeah. You know, and do, and you know that you like, you can apologize to your wife and say sorry because you know you just got to get it over and done with. Yeah, yeah. But there's actually a real thing of actually sitting down and saying, it, you know it, what? It's a formality. It's a formality. You got to do yeah. it, you know, and get on with it. But yeah. But there's actually, okay, we've done this wrong. This is what we're going to do as a result of that. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's the thing about being in the marketplace is you know you've done like you've learned. Okay, that didn't work. We apologize. The problem is it does affect other people's lives. Yeah, I, and sometimes you know, and sometimes others do suffer the consequences of your de- well. A lot of times they suffer the consequences of your decisions. Like your family suffers the consequences first because money stops flowing and they can't do what they want to do, and your your partner. Bears the brunt of that. A lot of times your kids bear the brunt of it.
1: Yeah. But then they also see um they're very forgiving if you're genuine. People are very forgiving if you're genuine and honest. Yeah. Because they they know that we all make mistakes. Yeah. And um, yeah. And there's that old saying you follow
0: a leader with a limp.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm. And you know, and
0: um, some of this, like some of the stuff ups I've had, um, mm it's it's actually caused deeper friendships when you've actually worked it through with people. And, and like you, you look back now, what am I 53? Now you look back at some of the stuff I did in my twenties and thirties mm-hmm. and, and some of those relationships from back then where some people were hurt and things are now some of my closest friends now. And, and I, I look at that and think, Oh God, that is the grace of God.
1: Yeah. In doing it's that. So Wes, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on this live chat tonight and um, so good to be able to talk with you and asking the questions that I have asked. I know that there's so much more in you and your experience that we still need to hear from, but because of our time, yes. no. um, thank you so much and uh, bless you and bless um, your family and also the marketplace ministry that you're in right now. And um, drop by at um, Sula. Let me know and we can do yes. coffee again. And by yes. the way, before I let you go, I want to thank you for giving me one of the books um, about the two chairs because uh, yes. I was one of the recipients of those uh, books and they are such a blessing. And you know, it's fun. They're two chairs. There you go. And you know, uh, a friend of mine came to the shop and this uh, 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 businessman, And I had the book with me and we end up talking about life and all these things. And something that I find in the marketplace is people, when they sense that you're honest and genuine, and they don't have to know that you are a pastor. They open up quite immediately to you and start telling you about the issues that they're going through. And at the end of the conversation, he saw one of my books on the bookshelf and he said, oh, are those your books? And I said, yeah, can I, can I take one? I said, no. Take this one. So I gave him because he gave me a copy of the two chairs and I gave him, I think you gave me two and I gave him one and somebody else took one. I was halfway reading that one and another person did, but this is all happening in a marketplace, Wes. So what am I trying to say is next time you come, can you bring me a copy? Yeah. two chairs. Yeah. My, my problem is I've given them all away. Where uh, okay. Busy. Don't worry. I'll, I'll get one online. I'll get, <laughs> one online. I'll get one online. I'll get one online. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Share this conversation. This was a, a very practical conversation, actually. And uh, it's good to know how we can outwork and implement the speaking of God in the marketplace and how we need to change from the, the church way of doing things and do it God's way in the marketplace because they're very different spheres of influence. Bless you. Share this, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.